Matthew Dean, um, we've got a really great guest on the sh- on the show today. Um, he's an investor. Um, he's also a great guy into coffee and really passionate about food and entrepreneurship. And he runs a few businesses. Um, I met him over Instagram, I think, wasn't it? Was it, was. it? It was. Yeah, that's crazy. So I just kind of liked to comment, I think, or, or connected with him, um, pointed him, him in the direction of Basecamp Coffee, which is a small coffee uh, shop and roastery in Lincoln. And so I think you're now hooked on, on this place, I think. You get, he, he likes a lot of coffee shops, but um, anyway, this is uh, William Stokes, so how are you? Are you right? oh, I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Matt. Great. No, anytime. <laughs> we, meet, we meet up quite a lot of coffee, don't we? We do. Yeah. We do. And we just talk coffee and... <laughs> Everything else in between. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think what you dr- I'm drinking, we're both drinking the same drink at the minute, aren't we? Ice we are indeed. Yeah. For, I mean, it, I don't know what the weather's like now when people listen, but it is really hot today, so Ice Chemex is always a good option. Great. Have you seen, um, have you been watching the Royal, Royal Wedding? A little bit, but not overly. Okay. I'm not massively a follower, that kind of thing. So okay. A little bit. I've watched a bit earlier, I was like, Yeah, okay. I've watched, like, the standard. I do kind of bit. That's the only bit i watched, like, ten minutes. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right, so entrepreneurship, where did it kind of... What was the catalyst for you in terms of wanting to become an entrepreneur? Oh, thank you. Yeah, so my background's actually quite corporate. Um, I was an engineer for seven years, um, and towards the kind of last year of that, I was getting kind of fed up with that corporate environment. I was thinking more about my options and future, um, and realising that I was still quite young and I wanted to do something that was myself, and this was the kind of time to do it. Uh, so I stepped away and, and uh, followed a family member into property investment. Um, did that for a while, left left that with a business partner and did you know a few HMOs and a bit more property stuff and then kind of stepped away from that, um, albeit that I'm still involved in that partly, to focus on building a co-working space um, in Lincoln and ideally elsewhere. And the idea for that is to take a kind of work office environment that doesn't feel like an office and blend it with the feel of a coffee shop. So you get this really cool place that you can work and just relax and, you know, communicate with others and be around people of the same, you know, mindset as you. But you can enjoy, you know, great coffee and, and actually you mentioned Basecamp earlier and Basecamp supply our coffee at the co-working space. Great. So that was a brilliant connection. Thank Perfect. you. That's all right. That's cool. Um, that's cool. So was it with the first kind of in- introduction into, you know, the property world, did you think... Was it because was it a big change from being an engineer? Did you, did you have to learn a lot quite quickly, or mm. well, know? I'd been looking at property for about a year beforehand. Um, I read a book called The Undercover Economist. I'm really into economics, and one of the things it talks about in that is kind of land ownership, and you see the shift of that today is the property aspect. Um, so for me, it was you know a logical step to kind of follow that path. But my background in engineering moved quickly towards project management and project engineering which is effectively the role that I do within the property side because you're managing construction of apartments and things like that so it, it was you know taking a skill set that I already had and applying it in another area albeit that there was a bit of a learning curve in certain aspects but it was it was pretty easy to apply and it worked really well in my favour. That's great nice so so you kind of had this idea that you wanted to do your own thing um, while while starting out with your you know your family member yeah, um, yeah, absolutely that. Um, you know, the idea was to, to do it with family and kind of get a feel for it and then do something myself afterwards. 
whether it be two, three years down the line, it just happened that it, you know, it ended up being six months and then, you know, going back to that and then deciding actually we're going to create a co-working space as well. That's great. And you're doing that with, is it Oliver Wendell? Oliver Wendell, yeah, yeah Oliver Wendell. So um, Oliver's a great graphic design guy. Um, he's great at freelance graphic design, web design, things like that. Uh, marketing aspect a bit younger than me but I knew that if I wanted to do this I really needed somebody that had the skill set that I didn't and Oliver has that exact skill set that's great that's awesome so yeah working with people with with strengths that aren't your own um, is a a good advice I think yeah there's a really uh, cheesy book um, I'm reading at the minute it's called Billionaire in Training and the, the title gives it a really cheesy effect but it's not and it talks about how you have to almost be a generalist and not a specialist if you want to be a successful entrepreneur. You need to generalise and get the people that have the special skill sets to do the bits that you can't. Um, you know, if you're a specialist in something, you'll only ever do that aspect, whereas a generalist sees the whole overview and looks at all the aspects. So I try and be more generalist. That's really interesting. I, think. I don't necessarily always. Yeah, sure. So what would you say are your, your strengths, like um, your biggest strengths? Um, I've always been good at the project management aspect, mm-hmm. um, so you know being involved in that aspect, I always get fairly obsessed with something. If I decide I'm going to do something, I kind of jump in, go full in, uh, but at the same time, always step back and go right. Where do we want to be now? Where are we going to be in two, three years' time? Uh, so I would say that's probably one of the greatest things. The, the weakness of that is I'm very, what's the term? Um, I'm never satisfied. I'm always very unsatisfied, Hungry. so I'm yeah. always like, what's the next thing, what are we doing next? I, c- I can never stand still. And when you look and go, well actually what we've done over the last six months is this huge amount, but day by day it feels like you're not getting there, it frustrates me a bit. So um, I'd say, yeah, the weakness would be very unsatisfied. Okay, that's so, always so more to come thing. from. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great, well, um, I think... Yeah, I'm, we're you know very different people. Obviously, I'm a, I work in coffee. You're an entrepreneur, um, but it's been just being around you has enabled me to to kind of see things and, and grow that vision that you talk about from yourself in a in a big way, and that's that's really great. Even just like over coffee, it's I think when you meet someone who is very sure of themselves and knows what they're about, what they do, um, that rubs off. So so. No, that's um, awesome. Yeah. You mentioned it there actually. I'm a huge uh, believer in self awareness. Mm. You've got to be kind of completely self aware, understand what it is, what you want, and, and what you want to create, and then just go after that. Yeah. Um, and I, I see it with you, man. I mean, your passion about coffee is insane. I've learned a hell of a lot about coffee from you. Um, you know, cool. if you'd have tasted my first Chemex that I made when you came round <laughs> and you kind of grinned through it and said it's okay, but we both know it wasn't. Oh, that's <laughs> and, and now, I mean, you have to try one now. I think I'm okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's really well. I like it. I think it's like constant refinement um, of technique and understanding. And you know, I, I carry a lot of coffee books around sometimes. But e- even if I just like, learn one small thing from reading that, then I'll, I'll retain that and remember it for next time. And it's that it really helps to be passionate about it, of course, as well. So that's cool. Um, yeah, coffee. Who, who's your favourite kind of? What, tell me about your your favourite coffee experiences. Um, I I love the London scene. I was in London yesterday, and London really has this kind of coffee scene that that works really well. Um, and you get places across the north. Lincoln is great for coffee. You know, if you compare it to other cities around it, like Nottingham, places like that. Lincoln's at like the forefront of coffee. You've got some really great coffee places in Lincoln. You've got kind of Base Camp, which is its own roastery as well. 
you've got you know Bruce at Madame Waffle, you've got CJ at, at Angel, you've got these really cool places that just specialise in coffee but in a, in their own unique way, and none of them feel the same. I like that. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of influence from that. Um, I got set on to, is it James Hoffman? Yeah. From you. Uh, he, he's a really cool guy. He kind of knows his coffee stuff and he's a great guy that I kind of try and follow when I can. Um, Very, maybe, yeah. His yeah. content that he posts is always immaculate. I'm, I'm always like, wow. This, Absolutely. Yeah, on top of, you know, on top of what he wants to say and, and it's very clear. But yeah, I think I was lucky enough to speak to him briefly. During, oh, wow. Uh, during, at the end of the UKBC, so we went to... Um, I think it was curator's coffee in the city um, wow. for like a you know, drink and a, and a I think for I had a coffee. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was just fascinating to talk to. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, um, I think sometimes you meet, you meet people and you, you, you kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to take, take in sometimes when, when, when you look up to someone a lot. Um, and you know, he's even he's in this book. Is is yeah? Okay, I'm gonna stop talking about that. But no, but, no, but he, yeah. he is. Um, you know, he's brilliant. And he, yeah. the the one thing that I kind of learned very quickly. Um, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. We met through Instagram. Yeah. And it was when you were doing the bike barista, was it? Yeah, that's it. Wheelies, um, yeah, wheelies. Wheelies, that yeah. was it. Yeah. And you know, your kind of coffee experience just shined through. I, I was brought up on like Nescafe. So I had no clue about this entire culture of coffee. I'd go into a coffee shop, order a flat white every time, and that was it. And and never really look into the detail of it and where it came from and you know how it affected it. But over the last, I'd say, probably 18 months since we connected and really kind of got to know each other and, and got really into the coffee culture, you just you really kind of start experimenting with it and you really see the variance and the difference. And you start to see how other people see the variance and difference just from what they order. You can kind of tell if they're into the coffee culture and if they understand the methodology behind it and the way it's brewed and just mm. that whole experience. And it's just brilliant to see. Um, and yeah. it's this huge sector that is unexplored. And I guess it's like that with everything. If you drill down into one sector, you'll see all this kind of underground stuff about it. Yeah. And that's what really kind of opened me up to it. That's great. Awesome. I think, I don't can know. I take what, that? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely a big reason why I enjoy enjoy it still because it's it's seeing new people transform and I'd say increase um, in, you know um, enjoy life more maybe for from from just having a coffee and, and going going to new places exploring new environments and. Um, it's, I think, uh, yeah, Lara, I was on the show this week. Oh, wow. So, last week. Um, and she was saying how she feels really inspired in, in coffee shops, and I think that's true, because it's that environment of meeting people, and, you know, it's a different vibe, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's that place with a buzz, and it's exactly what we're trying to recreate with the co. We're trying to merge that kind of coffee shop vibe with a co-working space. Because um, you, you walk in and you immediately feel the culture and you feel a part of something. You feel like, you know, this is where you can mm. connect with other people, you can meet with your friends and be in this place that has a buzz and kind of stuff happening, and you feel like kind of involved in that. And uh, I think that's a, a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what um, what what would you say have been the main challenges in trying to recreate that environment? Like, um, I would say when you're when you're dealing with a kind of office environment, it's it's trying to keep that focus so you can create that workload and and do what you need to do. But at the same time, 
have a bit of way that creates this environment and this coffee culture because we can't sit around and drink coffee all day we've kind of got to get on and do some work but it's creating these pockets of you know where this can be a part of the culture or you know you're, you're midway through something and you're getting a bit of a block and you just need to step away so okay you go get a coffee and chat to a few other people come back 20 minutes later and, and kind of see see the way that you need to be going and what you need to be doing mm-hmm. so I see it you know trying to recreate that but for the benefit of all the businesses within the space okay. that makes sense yeah I think so yeah so I guess everyone in the co is you know is working on different things exactly maybe that. you come yeah. together over coffee and talk about that's problems it. or solutions to, to their own yeah their we own have uh, we have two tech startups um, and then quite a few freelancers coders graphic designers that kind of thing so there's so much room for collaboration and, and that's what we're trying to focus on the collaboration aspect as well as the social so you know I walk into the back room where, where the coffee machine is and where the kind of breakout area is and there'll be two guys in there kind of chatting through ideas and all oh, thought about doing this or I've tried this and that's what it's all about for me it's about having a coffee and creating a community around it. That's great. Yeah, so so simple when you put it like that, really. Um, what's your... Okay. Uh, I had a question. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, yeah, when, you're, um, when you've got so much on, and you're, you're managing multiple properties and you know, co-creative, going for coffee, how, how do you best de-clutter... Or simply, or find focus with what you're doing. Do you have a good schedule, or you know? Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of time blocking. So everything down to this coffee that we're having now, it's in my calendar. It's it's got a blocked out set amount of time for it, and I know that that's kind of where I need to be. Um, you know, I'm constantly looking at it. Where do I need to be next? What's going on over the week? I do that every Sunday. Look at the week. Where am I? What's happening? I'm trying to plan it all. Um, there's a really famous kind of thing of work-life balance, and I don't necessarily believe in work-life balance. I think when you're an entrepreneur you kind of take it all with you and it, you never it never stop thinking about it I'm always thinking about co I'm thinking about development that we're doing um, it's always kind of on your mind so what you kind of have to do is find these areas where you even block out time in the calendar to step away so for me I'm extremely unproductive from anywhere between half two to four o'clock in the afternoon so I deliberately block that time for either admin related tasks or I go and play tennis and then I know when I come back, I can spend the next three, four hours just focused and working because I've kind of got rid of that time where I'm really unproductive and just sat there staring at blank space. Um, That's great. So that really kind of helps me in, in you know, creating that entire environment. But for me, it's time blocking and calendar, having a structured schedule of what you need to do. Nice. Was that kind of a gradual thing in terms of building that up or was it kind of like, no, today, and this is how it's going to be from now on? It was actually... Um, me and a business partner Dan we hired a mentor between the two of us for a year and it was actually him who recommended doing it and we tried it for a week and it just worked so well and I've done it ever since every last thing is in there breakfast, sleep anything you can imagine it's in my calendar wow it kind of structures my entire day that's so yeah so organised it's I need to I definitely need to that my my (laughs) side for sure I think it's so easy I mean like we arranged to have coffee Saturday when, like Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had to put that in my calendar, I'd probably have a message from you saying we're still meeting for coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because I just Alex is getting warm. It's, yeah, it's it's there, and I'm like, right, next thing's going on, and it's, it's gone. Whereas if you stick it in your calendar, there's no more thought of it. If you write it down on some paper and you've got to think about it, mm. you're then racking your brains like, what have I forgot? What have I forgot? And it's in your head. Whereas if you just get it down in the calendar, it's mm. out of your mind. Then there's no thought about it. Okay. You know, that day you look and you go, right, I've got this meeting here, and that's where I'm going, and then it flags up in your phone 15 minutes before, right, and you just yeah. follow that structure. 
Whereas otherwise, I'd be thinking about like, when's that coffee yeah. with Matt? Right, it's on Saturday. Mm. What's on me? Right, one thirty. Yeah, because like I think that it yeah it definitely goes hand in hand with the entrepreneur identity. Um, from my experience um, working as a you know barista in hospitality, it's it's I think sometimes that identity doesn't meet match up with with that structured approach, approach to life. You're more like yeah, let's go for a drink. Uh, you know, you, you're, just more relaxed, I guess. But at, you know, as I get older, um, I want to apply that to to life. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then I guess it's yeah, being able to delegate and hand out activities to other people. And that's that's another thing, isn't it? It's like that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's a big thing, a big part of your life is is letting other people. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a very hard thing to do as well, because you know. You, th- there's this thing where you, the kind of Pareto, Pareto's law, I can never pronounce oh, Pareto's it. Pareto's principle. Yeah, yeah, where you kind of do the 80-20 rule. Um, and it's very hard to say to somebody else, do this, when you know you can do it yourself and you can do it well. But it's giving it to someone else and saying, okay, well, they can't do it maybe as well. Well, maybe they can. But having that kind of trust that they're going to do what needs to be done. Because it, it's so easy to just get caught up and go, right, I'm going to do this, do that. And you just do everything. And you can almost make yourself busy. So... It, it's crazy. You can you can fill your time with things that really you shouldn't be doing, but you kind of do it just because you know that if you do it, it's done. Yeah. So, so it, got it, it is hard. Yeah, it is hard to yeah. delegate, but you know you kind of do it bit by bit, and then you kind of build the trust with the team that are around you, and, and they focus on the bits. And mm. yeah, the more you can delegate, and the more you can focus on the key things you need to focus on, the more successful everything will be. Mm. That's great. So, this this yeah. is all the tips. Yeah. Bit of a knowledge bomb. There. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the, the top three books you'd recommend someone oh. new to new to entrepreneurship? Oh, top three um, books. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, number one. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a cliche one though. For hundred percent, The Upstarts okay. is one of my most favourite books. It's about Airbnb and and Uber and things like that. And you know, if you look at how these startups started, they did some really dodgy stuff early days, but it kind of worked. Um, so I'd say that one, and I would probably say Outliers by Michael Gladwell the kind of truth about talent and things like that so one of the case studies he talks about is Serena and Venus Williams so you know not many people know but before they were born their kind of dad started reading books about tennis and had a tennis court built in the back garden so they've always been involved in this and it's the kind of myth of talent versus you know what people can do so it's getting that 10,000 hours and focusing on something they'd be my three I think that's great I've probably I've got you know, I've got absolutely yeah. loads that I could recommend, but they're probably like the three at the minute that I'm thinking of. Massive library. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, I just read a really good one at the minute, actually, called Disrupted. It's by a guy called Dan Lyons. Um, and he was he was a writer at Forbes, and he left for Newsweek. And then he left and joined HubSpot in 2013, did 18 months there. And he was kind of the oldest guy in the company by double. Like the next young, he was like 52, and the next youngest guy to him was like 26. And it was kind of his experience in that. And it, it got like really political towards the end, and he kind of left, and it got political since. But yeah, it's a great book for that kind of in the entrepreneurship, in the heart of Silicon Valley experience, that kind of thing. The upstarts. Uh, that was disruptive. Disruptive, sorry. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, yeah that's great. Um, that's really good, actually. Um, yeah. I so much um, wealth, wealth knowledge, and 
Away from away from work and coffee. How do you what do you do in your downtime? I mean, you said you said you played tennis. Um, yeah, I'm really into tennis. Yeah. Um, I try and go to the gym. Try being the most optimum word. I remember two gyms at the minute, and I, at the minute, and I don't use either. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I like to read quite a lot. Um, and generally, it, it's difficult because I'm always working on something. I can never really stop. Um, I, I never feel the need to switch off because I love what I do so much that I can just do it all day, every day, and it doesn't affect me. It doesn't, you know. I don't feel like I'm working for burnout. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd probably say reading, playing tennis, that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's good. And yeah. cutting the grass when Jess makes me. Cutting the grass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> day like today, that's probably. I did it last weekend, did thankfully. Did yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Um, trying to think. No. I think um, it's probably a good good place to finish. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. Awesome. Make sure you follow. I say this in every episode. Make sure you follow Will on Instagram. Cool. Um, William Stokes, Mr. William Stokes. Mr. William Stokes. Yeah. He's always posting pictures of coffee and yeah. what is it too? And yeah, check out the Co Creative, um, based in Lincoln. It's a really good shared workspace for creatives. And yeah, yeah this is another Tales Over Coffee. I'll see you next Friday.